Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Sunday stream. We are live today, and so we just want to say welcome to all of you who have yeah. joined. Uh, we have already seen a lot of you say hi in the comments uh, already, and so hello to all of you guys. But if you're just jumping on right now, uh, make yourself known in the comments. We want to say hi to you. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, and speaking of hearing from you, we're going to play a quick game. We're going to do a Would You Rather. Last week, uh, we were able to do, was it last week that we did our in-person gathering? No. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, two weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, uh, we did an in-person gathering. And if you were here and if you joined us in person, uh, we did a quick Would You Rather. But we didn't want to leave you guys out yeah. if you weren't there at the in-person gathering. So we're actually going to do it again uh, this morning. There are going to be a couple different questions, um, but we're going to just do that together here. Yeah. So make sure you put your comments. Yes. What you would rather. Mm -hmm. So the first one is, would you rather have to read aloud every word you read or sing everything that you say out loud? Right. I already know my answer because we did this question at youth. Mm -hmm. My answer is that I would rather sing everything I say. Okay. Because if Hamilton has taught us anything, <laughs> we can rap pretty well. True. And say it. Um, in a rap, which is also a form of singing. Mm -hmm. But think about if you read something inappropriate right. <laughs> or in an inopportune moment. That's fair. Right? Like a pamphlet at a funeral. Right. You don't want to be speaking out loud. <laughs> that out loud. Yeah, there are a lot of applications that, that would be really <laughs> awkward for that I like didn't really consider until right now. Um, but I'd actually be the same. I have this weird thing where if I'm like frustrated or annoyed, I'll sing my frustrations out loud. And I don't know if it's just like a coping mechanism. Um, I so like I already it. like I already like have to do that anyways. And so I figured that was probably I might as well just continue with the trend that I already do. Uh, the next one is: Would you rather be a famous director okay. or a famous actor? Oh. I mean, both would be fun because mm -hmm. as an actor, you could take on different personas, like live in different time periods. But as a director, you're calling the shots. Yeah. And that's pretty appealing because I do like to be in control. <laughs> so I'm going to say director. Uh, I would be a director as well, I think. Okay. I just don't think I want the like pressure of being an actor. Like directors, True. of course, have the like same, like have fame and all that stuff. But I don't think I'd want the like spotlight. Yeah. Just make me uncomfortable. It's true. So. Uh, would you rather be forced to eat only spicy food okay. or incredibly bland food? Oh. This one's an easy one for me. I don't do spice well, though. Like what, like, on a scale of, like, raw garlic to, like, a Thai bird chili pepper, like, what's spicy for you? Like, if that's one and this is five, like, two and a half. Okay. Like, or less. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to have to probably go with the bland food. <gasps> That's so sad. I know. This is heartbreaking right I now. I know. That was a, I, <laughs> I would just choose spicy food. Yeah, but you because, probably can eat it. Well, like, I'm like, okay. But I just feel like spicy food, like, if it's all flavorful, yeah, maybe spicy, but at least you get the rest of it. But right. eating, like, bland know, food for the I rest know, of your life is... I just, I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could do it. God gave us a gift in food. So, yes. just saying. Yes. Okay. Would you rather meet characters from the Old Testament or the New Testament? Ooh. So say you were like transported yeah. back into history. Would you rather be Old Testament or New Testament? Could you like time travel throughout? Sure. Um, then I'm going Old Testament. Really? Yeah. Nice. I just, I love the richness of their stories and there are more of them. True. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you get like the full gamut of characters. That's fair. Uh, I don't know. I think I would... I mean, Jesus is in the New Testament, though. I well. Well, unless okay. you believe he's in the Old Testament. True. So then you get him. You get him no matter what. <laughs> but like walking the earth in person form. 
Like, I'm just imagining myself, like, transporting to, like, Jonah in the whale. Where I'm, like, <laughs> literally right in there. So maybe I do Old Testament as well. Um, okay, would you rather wake up in the middle of an unknown desert or wake up in a rowboat in an unknown body of water? Which rowboat. would you survive better in? Yeah, I'd probably do rowboat as well because I, like, once it's, like, 22 degrees, I'm, like, it's too hot. It's too hot. <laughs> so I just die immediately, I think. Okay, last question. Would you rather be transported permanently 500 years into the future okay. or 500 years into the past? What is 500 years into the past? Uh, like the 1700s? No, no. Like 1500s, 1520-ish. <laughs> this is not a good morning for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lucas's eyes are bugging right now. That I, I was just... gonna do like the math thing, and then I was like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna do it on, okay. on live. Um, <clears throat> no, I was future. Really? Yeah, I think I would go future too. I always say that like because I have such a bad immune system. If I was ever to be transported <laughs> back into time, I think I would just die of like some unknown disease. True. So, True. I'd be future. All right, well, thanks for playing. Uh, we're so excited that as we look at our live stream, we'll see your guys' answers as well. Uh, thanks for playing with us. Just before we transition into Pastor Lisa giving the message, just have a couple announcements. Uh, the first one is that if you feel like uh, what we do here at Evangel adds to your journey of faith, uh, we would really love your support uh, financially because what we do here um, is still being done, although in a different way. Um, and so we still need your faithful giving. So if you want to do that, there are a couple ways that you can do that. Uh, the first one is you can come today. So yeah. from 9 till 12 today. Uh, we have what we call in or not in person drive through okay. generosity uh, where you can literally drive up come give uh, say a quick hello and uh and then go on your way although i hope that you're driving in person because if not that would be yeah i don't think we're quite there yet maybe when maybe <laughs> as we transport into the future 500 years you can like drive your car without you uh, or you are able to also uh give during the week so we're here at the office from monday to thursday from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. And so you're welcome to come in. Uh, again, we'd love to say hi to you as you come in. And then the last one is online. So if you go to myevangel.church, which is our website, on any of the pages that you find there, in the bottom right-hand corner, there's a blue dot that says give. If you click on that dot, it'll take you through what's called a giving flow. And you can set up regular giving, a one-time gift. It allows you to kind of customize it based on your preferences. But those are some of the ways uh, that you can give. And thank you so much for your generosity over this season. It's really um, been incredible just to see how you as a church has, have rallied around what God is doing here in Powell River and through us at Evangel Church. And so we just thank you so much for, for that. The next one is, uh, we still have some in-person gatherings. So you heard that we had one a couple weeks ago, but there are still ones to sign up for. So actually tonight, yeah. you are able to sign up for one of our prayer gatherings. Uh, and so that's going to be tonight at 7 p.m. And then we have a date in August on a Sunday morning and then a couple prayer services then as well. And so if you're looking to sign up for one of our in-person gatherings this summer, we would love to have you. If you maybe feel like you've held back a little bit to allow other people um, to sign up maybe in your place, uh, feel free to sign up. There's lots of spaces. We want to accommodate as many people as we possibly can and just allow uh, as many people to have an experience in person as possible. So don't feel like you need to hesitate uh, in signing up. So if you go to myevangel.church forward slash relaunch, that will be the place where you can find all of the dates to sign up. And it'll take you just through a quick thing to be able to uh, sign up. 
Mm -hmm. The last one is, uh, and, and I kind of saw this all over social media yesterday, but there was like a theme of Christmas in July yesterday where like Disney, you said, uh, released some yes. Christmas stuff. Um, I was like very tempted to watch a Christmas Netflix movie, which I, I didn't. Um, but one of the things that also happened yesterday was a Christmas in July for our local businesses. So I'm sure you've seen on our social media something called the Big Spend. Mm -hmm. And what that was was it's a Canada-wide initiative as we partnered with one of our global partners uh, named Tim Schindel, who led something across our nation. And he had a vision or a dream for everybody across Canada to do what's called the Big Spend. So they go to a local business of their choosing and they intentionally spend yesterday to be able to kind of flood some money into our local economies, but also to be able to just show that in this troubling season and challenging season for small businesses, that we as a church can bring a blessing to them, yeah. show that we care about them and support them and want to continue to rally alongside of them as they're in a challenging situation. So yesterday was the day. Yeah. Um, I went to a couple places locally and it was really great to catch up with some people there. And I actually have a number to report. So I checked the website this morning and yesterday across Canada, they raised $26 million. Wow. Yeah, in the big spend. That's awesome. It's a great number. And so thank you for you guys who are part of that number. Uh, and we just really want to celebrate and honor you for doing that, for jumping alongside of the vision that one of our global partners has. And so we're just really excited for that um, and for the blessing that we brought mm -hmm. to our local communities across Canada. And keep doing it. Yeah, continue. Yeah. I hope that this creates a trend to continue to support local as much as you can. Uh, and yeah, so we just really want to honor you guys in doing that. Okay, I'm going to pray yeah. and then I'm going to turn it over Let's to you. It. God, thank you so much uh, for what you're doing here in the city. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our lives. God, we celebrate um, all that we've talked about already today, both of us bringing the blessing, which is truly actually you uh, blessing us first so that we can bless our city. God, I pray that as we transition into this message, that our hearts would be soft to what you have to say, that our ears would be open to what we need to hear, and that you just empower Pastor Lisa to be able to deliver this message. God, we love you, and we thank you, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, Amen. see you guys. Well, this was an exciting weekend for Lucas and I personally. We celebrated our 16th wedding anniversary, um, and as often is the case on those milestones, it causes you to look back. And I was thinking about those early days of our marriage, remembering um, planning our lives together. And Lucas was in this super tidy one bedroom basement suite in New Westminster. And we were intent on turning this into our first, ho first home. And in the way that you do when you're young and stupid, um, <laughs> we decided that the best way to do this would be to create a burgundy feature wall in this tiny living room. And it sounds great, except that we didn't have a clue as to what we were doing. And so we went to a paint store and we ended up buying this reddish burgundy paint with a clear base. And now some of you are cluing in right now to the nightmare that this project began. Um, but if like we did then, you knew nothing about paint. Let me explain what that means. It means that 12 coats later, <laughs> we had the worst blotchy burgundy feature wall in the history of burgundy feature walls in our living room. You see, the problem when you don't use a primer and you use a clear base is that whatever is underneath has this way of bleeding through the paint. And so we would spend an entire day painting this wall 
only to have the light from a different time of day show us all of the imperfections, show us all of the places where the original paint was bleeding through and we would have to do one more coat, one more touch up over and over and over. Now we're gonna enter into Hebrews 9 again today and we've been spending a lot of time, it feels like, talking about the same themes over and over and over and over. And it can get to a point, especially when we've had the past eight and a half chapters talking about Jesus as our high priest, Jesus as our atoning sacrifice, on repeat that we're giving it one more coat of paint. And we can be tempted to sit there and go, again, really? Like, God, again, one more coat? There's still stuff coming through, but we have to go back to the original context. We have to go back to that audience in Hebrews who was having a lot of bleed through. They were having this hard time wrapping their head around Jesus being enough of Jesus truly covering all of their sin and the old beliefs and old way of thinking and old understandings were bleeding through like our wall was bleeding through our burgundy paint. And since there's really nothing new under the sun, if we're honest, then we can admit that we get caught in the same trap. We get caught in this trap of believing old lies and giving into old ways of living and allowing pre-Jesus thinking to bleed through what we know is truth. And maybe what we just need is one more coat of paint, one more reminder of the truth of the gospel, a touch up on that one spot where the lies are bleeding through our freedom and they want to keep us trapped in this thought that maybe Jesus just wasn't enough. And so today we're going to dive into where this audience in Hebrews would be needing just one more touch up on these truths to cover up the places where their old ways of thinking were bleeding through. So turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews 9 verses 11 to 28, Hebrews 9, 11 to 28. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that's not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? For this reason, Christ is the mediator of a new covenant that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance now that he has died as a ransom to set them free from the sins committed under the first covenant. In the case of a will, it is not necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. This is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. When Moses had proclaimed every command of the law to all the people, he took the blood of the calves together with water, scarlet wool, and branches of hyssop, 
and sprinkled the scroll and all the people. And he said, this is the blood of the covenant, which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way, he sprinkled with the blood, both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again the way the high priests enter the most holy place every year with blood that's not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world, but he has appeared once for all at the culmination of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. So God, would you remind us of this truth one more time, one more quote, that you died once and for all, and that in you we have freedom, because you are our atoning sacrifice and our high priest. And so as we look, God, this morning at the lies that this author is addressing, would you help us to recognize by your spirit of truth the places where we are tempted to negate the work of the cross, where we are tempted to diminish the finality of what you did, the permanence of it. Would you speak to us? Would you make us good soil in your precious name? Amen. Well, this morning, I want to just highlight two places where we see this bleed through kind of addressed for the audience of Hebrews and for us. And we're going to ask God as I pray just to cover those lies with his truth, the striving with his rest and that enslavement with his freedom. You see, we can often give into these lies that the sacrifice of Jesus just wasn't quite enough. And that somehow we have to be good enough. We have to earn our way to relationship with him. Have you heard people say, I want to believe in Jesus. I want what you've told me about, but you just don't understand. You don't understand my past. You don't understand what I've done. It's just too big. It's too great. I know I have. And sometimes I can even feel it myself. And even in coming to faith in Jesus, this lie can kind of be pervasive and persistent, causing this bleed through. And we see this addressed in Hebrews 9, 14. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? You know, the verse prior talks about how through the blood of Jesus, the external is cleansed. And now he's talking about the internal. Have you ever heard the saying that the hardest person to forgive is yourself? The shame has a way of sticking with us, doesn't it? It bleeds through. There are these moments when we've been forgiven, when we understand that Jesus has washed away every stain, that he's redeemed us and he's restored us. But the bleed through of shame and condemnation remains. 
I kind of liken it to these chains that the lock has already been taken off of, but we're holding together. We are literally holding them on our body, wrapping us up in this brokenness of shame and condemnation. The bleed through is that we stay stuck of our own volition, even though in the eyes of God, we've been completely forgiven and restored. This whole section just assures us that the blood of Jesus was enough, that his atonement was enough, that his sacrifice was enough. But this lie that tends to bleed through says there has to be a catch. There has to be more. That if this emotion remains with us, then perhaps the work of Jesus wasn't complete. And that's what this audience of Hebrews was kind of trapped in, this idea that um, they still had to go to the temple. They could accept Jesus, but it just wasn't quite enough. They still needed to offer additional sacrifices. They still needed to walk through additional rites and rituals. And if we're honest, this bleed through can cause us as believers now to look at it and go, yeah, I'm going to accept the forgiveness of Jesus. I'm going to accept the freedom of Jesus. I'm going to for, I'm going to understand that. I'm going to accept that. But I'm going to also look around for the end. Because there has to be a catch. It can't be that easy. There has to be something additional that I have to do or work through. And we hold those chains wrapped tight around us. Even though they've already been cut loose. What part of your past are you holding on to? Where have you accepted the forgiveness and atonement of Jesus, but still are looking for the end, still wanting to offer additional sacrifices? I want to read the truth of God from Psalm 103 over us. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sin deserves or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And that's why I believe this phrase from Hebrews 9.14 is such a beautiful gift of grace for us. Because when God looks at us, he sees us through Jesus. He sees us as pure as snow. He sees us as completely restored and forgiven. Nothing is lingering So he cleanses our conscience from the acts that lead to death. Friends, when we accept that forgiveness of Jesus, we have to let him cleanse all of us. We need to ask him to help us to let go of the shame and the guilt. Are there consequences to our sin? Yeah, absolutely there are. There are relationships that might need to be mended. There might be restitution that needs to be made, but that's not what this is talking to. This is talking about the lie that gets whispered in the dead of the night. If anyone knew what you did, they'd turn away from you. Can God really forgive something that big? 
I don't think that you're ever going to be able to live up to that. And that lie of shame and death begins to bleed through the truth of the gospel. And it causes us to minimize the work done on the cross that God loved you so incredibly much that Jesus came fully God and fully man to live a perfect life so he could be that perfect sacrifice, to die on the cross as our atonement, so that he could once and for all cover every single one of your sins, all of it. Friends, we've been forgiven, so don't give in to the lie of the bleed through. And when those feelings of shame and guilt arise and when the lies of an enemy who, let's be honest, his only goal is to destroy you, come and they whisper your name. When you feel like the work of the cross just possibly couldn't be enough, then I want you to turn in your Bible to Romans 8. In fact, I want you to grab it right now. Grab a piece of paper if you have a paper Bible to stick in there as a bookmark if you have a a digital Bible on your phone or your smartphone, go ahead and open your Bible app and you can bookmark it right there. I'm going to wait while you go and grab that and turn to Romans 8. Romans 8. And we're going to read five verses. And when those lies of shame and guilt and condemnation come and they want to whisper your name and tear you down, would you open to these five verses? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? You ready? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Did you get that? Jesus does not condemn you. He's atoned for all of it. And coming face to face with the unceasing love of God for us, with his mercy, covers those spots that threaten to keep us bound in chains of shame and hiding and just working through a slow death. And when we come face to face with the love of God, the outflow of us is there in Hebrews 9, 14, so that we may serve the living God, see the key piece of this equation is the love of Christ for you. And without that understanding, service becomes striving. It becomes a pat on our own back and an earning of our own way that speaks more to hired help than it does to sons and daughters. So this is the second place that we see this bleed through happening. As a parent, um, we have tried a combination of every chore system under the sun. I truly mean that. Fellow parents, if you have figured out the winning ingredient, go ahead and post it here in the comments that all of us can win um, from <laughs> your research. 
And if you need some creative ideas, I literally have a million of them. None of them worked, but I have them and I'm willing to share if you want them. But one unanimous piece of advice that I read in so many parenting books and in all of these blogs and in different chore systems and on and on it went was this one singular idea that there have to be some chores that are done just because you're part of the family. There's no reward attached. They don't lead to an allowance. They are just done because you are part of the family. You load the dishwasher because you ate dinner. You make your bed because you have a bed to sleep on. It's a responsibility born out of your position in our home and your position in our family as a son or a daughter. But this lie that tends to bleed through and keep us stuck in bondage sounds something like this. Wow, God expects a lot of you, hey? You can never live up to all of those rules. I mean, if he loved you, he would just let you be you. Like, doesn't he understand that this is just who you are? You can never live up to that standard. Following Jesus is just such hard work. Have you been there? When the bleed through of finding an and leads you to a life where you feel like you need to earn your way, where you need to strive your way into a relationship of right standing with Jesus. I know I have. And we default back to this place where the blood of Jesus surely couldn't be enough. There has to be this extra layer of doing good or being good or living up to this perfect Christian that we have in our head. And we get sucked into this arrangement that we couldn't possibly live up to. This standard that really is, is too lofty for us to adhere to. And we end up living this life of striving and eventually giving up in defeat. But you're not a slave. You're a child. I want you to listen to these words in Hebrews 9, 16 to 17. In the case of a will, it's necessary to prove the death of the one who made it because a will is enforced only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Why do we write a will? We write a will to protect and provide for the ones we love. The covenant that God made with Abraham when he walked through the blood path alone, there was this double meaning back there in Hebrews 6 of a will versus an agreement or a two-way deal. This double meaning on the word where it made it one-sided like a will, like a testament. Friends, God's very, very, very aware that we could never live up to the standard of Jesus. That if we spent an entire lifetime of looking more and more like Jesus every day and we had no setbacks whatsoever, that we still wouldn't achieve that. He is unattainable. He's perfection. And we're not. And that's why God in his mercy didn't make salvation dependent on anything that we could do. He walked the path alone. So all we had to do was accept. He protected and provided for his family by this agreement, by this new covenant, that in accepting his forgiveness and in choosing him as Lord and allowing him to adopt us, we could benefit 
from what is passed down to his child. And so we don't have to live up to this agreement that we've inflated in our mind. We can rest in his provision so that we may serve the Lord. Charles Spurgeon says of this, the kind of service here mentioned is not that which the slave or servant renders to his master, but a worshipful service such as priests render unto God. I said before, the key is this coming face to face with the great love of God for you, the unceasing love for you. Because when we can remove those barriers of shame and self, self-loathing and condemnation, we allow the work of adoption to be fully realized in our lives. We allow ourselves to, to lift our heads, to see that we are sons and daughters of Christ. Not that we like give that up so we become part of a new form of bondage where we see God um, only as a master and us only as slave. I mean, we do, we call him master and Lord, but the motivation of our heart is different. We don't become uh, trading one form of bondage for another form of bondage with this list of rules and regulations, no. We experience this freedom so that we may serve the the Lord, so that out of the abundance of God's love for us, we can't wait, but pour that back out where the motivation of our heart spurs us on to worshipful service. As part of a family, I have responsibilities because of my position. I have a responsibility to put my toothbrush back after I brush my teeth and to put my shoes in the closet because I'm part of my family. And we have in this family, this family of God, responsibility is due to our position. I'm called to be salt and light to the community around us because When I was far from God, someone found me and shared the good news of the gospel. I have the responsibility to serve my community of faith, my church family in whatever gifts I have because I have been called to do faith together, shoulder to shoulder, and it's more than one person can bear. And we're called to strengthen and come alongside one another as sons and daughters and sisters and brothers. I have a responsibility out of my position where I can spend time with Jesus, not in duty and a list of rules and regulations that I have to follow, but because I can as a son and a daughter and I find strength and hope and life and joy with him. I don't know what lies threaten to bleed through for you this morning, but I do know this. God's promise to bring darkness to light. And he has a way, just like our burgundy feature wall, as the light would change during the day to see the spots that were bleeding through. He has a way of changing the light so that you can see the lies that need to be covered, so that you can see the places where he can still bring his freedom and his truth 
<laughs> make sure that you are not living in bondage and shame. He doesn't leave us adrift. He lovingly reaches out again and again to remind us of truth. He reminds us of his sacrifice, that the cross really was enough. He reminds us that that was permanent once and for all. He reminds us that he is patient, slow to anger, and abounding in love, and is willing to whisper truth over the voice of our lies again and again and again. One more coat of hate, one more reminder of his love, more light, more truth. This morning, I don't know where you are on your faith journey. Maybe you've been following Jesus for as long as you can remember. Can I ask you to allow God to just shine light on your spirit this morning? to invite him to speak truth over the places where your old way of thinking, where the old man, where our old sin nature wants to bleed through. And if you find yourself there where you're just stuck, not believing that the cross was enough, where you're just stuck feeling like you need to hold up your end of the deal, can I invite you this morning just ask God to once again reveal his deep love for you. Because when we come face to face with what truly happened on that cross, I think it will bring us freedom to know there's nothing we could ever do to be worthy of that. And if this morning you are just exploring faith and you thought those same thoughts, like that sounds great, but you know, like what I've done is just so big. Or I just don't know that I truly believe that there's not a catch, that there's not an and somewhere in there. Then I want to remind you of these verses that once and for all, Jesus offered himself as our atoning sacrifice. See, every single one of us has strayed so far from the perfection that was meant for our lives. We can't live up to Jesus. And because of that, we can't have a relationship with God. It's just impossible for our imperfection and his perfection to exist in the same place. But God loved you so incredibly much that Jesus came fully God and fully man to make a way for you to have relationship with God. He died on the cross that he would offer us a way by veiling himself above us that when God looks at us, even in our still imperfection, he would see the sacrifice of Jesus. And the only catch, friends, is that we need to ask for it. That's it. And it sounds too good to be true because it is. That is the great love and grace of God for you and for me. So this morning, if you want to know more about this relationship with Jesus that I'm talking about, would you reach out? We are here in this building until 12 o'clock. And we can give us a call. We could talk with you over the phone, 
483-4283. Or if texting just feels a little bit more comfortable for you, go ahead and text us 604-210-8535. And we would just love to walk with you through this journey of choosing to receive God's love for you. That is what we are all about. Safe places to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love and the outcome to look more and more like him every day, not because we're striving, friends, but because the position that we have as sons and daughters of Christ allows us the opportunities in joy and worshipful service to spend time with him, and that rubs off. So would you allow me to pray for you? And this morning, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want to allow him to veil you, that when God the Father looks down on you, he wouldn't see you in your imperfections, but see you through Jesus, completely pure, completely atoned for, that those chains of shame and guilt and condemnation could be loosened from your life. Would you just pray with me? Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe that you died on the cross once and for all to be the atonement for all sin. And I take you at your word that you are faithful and just to forgive. So right now, as you look over my life, with all of my imperfections and sin. Would you wash me anew? Would you forgive me and start a new life in its place? I know that this is both a quick thing and an ongoing thing. And so when those whispers of shame and guilt and condemnation come back, would you drown them out with your voice of truth? I choose to be a child of God. Thank you that you accept us every time that you adopt us into your family. So God, I just pray for everyone that's listening here this morning and watching us from wherever they are. God, I thank you that you are faithful and that you do not count our sin against us or treat us as our iniquities would cause you to think we should be treated, but you treat us with gentleness and grace and love and mercy. I thank you that you do remove our sin as far as the East is from the West. And so when those lies of the enemy come, God, would you remind us that you died once and for all, that your atonement was complete and final. And when we are tempted to look around for an and, would you gently correct us to instead look to your love, to come back face to face with the vastness, with the completeness of it, and find rest in your provision. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, friends. Again, if you want to gather with us live, head over to myevangel.church forward slash relaunch. We do have space left for tonight's prayer meeting, but you do need to register in advance so we can be mindful of that cap.
Well, God bless and have a great day.